today is a, a touchy topic, but I believe that God wants us to grow in him. I believe that he wants us to move from glory to glory. And, um, and so we're going to be talking today about not judging. Judge not is the, the phrase the Lord gave me. And um, we're going to start today in Matthew 7. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Jesus is so loving, he's so merciful, he's so patient, so kind, amen, and um, so often we as believers find ourselves in a place where we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, um, we might be striving to live for the Lord, you know, striving to live right, to please God and all this. And then if we see a brother or sister or maybe uh, even somebody in the world stumbling and falling and who's lost or needing help, um, we fall in a way in our own way by judging them by looking down upon what they are going through. And the Lord has a lot to say about it. And so we need to really look into the word of God and see what he has to say about it so that we don't get caught up in um, our own kind of sin, our own falling out. Amen? So in um, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, the word of God, Jesus is teaching us, and he says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. I don't know about you, but right there already, I'm like, ooh, I got to change some things. Ooh, I better watch out how, what my response is or how I'm thinking about what people are going through or this or that because I don't want to be judged in that same measure. Amen? I don't want God, because this is his rules. This is how he set things up. I don't want him to have to judge me um, being merciless. Or, you know, because it's the same measure that we're going to be judged. He says, don't worry. This is so interesting because it happens to people all the time. Don't worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own. How can you think about saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? In other words, don't be trying to help people out or point out their problems or their um, shortcomings or their failures when you've got issues going on in your own life. God knows and sees all, amen? <laughs> so <laughs> this is scary, but he calls this person that does this a hypocrite. He's like, hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So I'm pretty sure, actually I'm probably 100% positive, that each one of us, at one place in our lives or another, we are guilty of this. Guilty as charged. That, you know... It's so easy when we're going through things to, to want to deal with it on our own and us and God and this and that. But when we see somebody else stumbling and we think it's like this horrible thing or whatever, it's so easy to, to get into judgment and to look down upon that person and this and that. And the Lord is really, he's really, um, we know and we want it for ourselves. He, we know he's forgiving, he's merciful, he's loving, amen. We look at the, the prodigal son and that just spells it out for us how far God will go for those who have even been lost and those who have been, who have been dying in their trespasses and sins. And uh, so God will go to all lengths, you know. He's, he, we sing about it all the time that he leave, will leave the 99 for the one. And so the Lord loves every single human being on the face of this earth. And so he's really kind of correcting the believers, those who do love him and are, are striving to serve him. He's telling us to be careful not to judge. Be careful not to get into this habit because this is going to be the same measure that you are judged with then. If you show no mercy, what are you going to receive? No mercy. And I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect and I need some mercy. Amen. We are all guilty as charged of this at one place or another, and we need to make sure that we're, you know, letting God work that out in our hearts. Amen. John 8, let's turn there. I know it was going to be a quiet house today. That's okay. It's not a shouting message. It's not a woohoo. <laughs> but guess what? When God 
changes us and chastens those who he loves. It helps us to grow and go with him from glory to glory. And that's what we asked him to do today is to bring us from glory to glory. I don't want to be stuck in my old ways, my old habits, if it's things that are holding me back from moving forward with God. Amen. I want him to help me and to grow me. And the Lord um, just really brought this to my attention and you know sometimes we pray lord help this person and that person and realize sometimes even in our prayer language with the lord we're actually judging a brother or sister in the lord scary because god sees the intent and in, and in, in our hearts and and the way we're looking at it and he's like hold on hold on if you don't want to be judged then don't judge Amen. We do pray for those who persecute us. We do pray for our enemies, but not in the, not in the way that would be judging them and Lord deal with their hearts and you know like like that. That's judge. That's judgment, and God doesn't want that. Amen. So John um, eight verses one through eleven. This is really a great instance of of people who are. Um, We'll say believers in a sense. They have, they have the word of God and, and, and they stick to it, you know. Um, but this is the way it's presented in the word. And John 8, verses 1 through 11. Jesus returned um, to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again in the temple and a crowd gathered and sat and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law, the Pharisees, brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this, is, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into, um, into saying something wrong so they could come against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept commanding him or demanding of him an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let, like meaning, all right, go ahead, stoner. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Let the one who doesn't have any sin in his heart be the one to judge. Well, who could throw a stone then? Because every single person has sinned at one point or another. They, they, um, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. When Jesus stood up again, he said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. This message today isn't about um, God's mercy and, and, and his forgiveness is always there, which it is. It's new every morning. It's not a license to sin because here Jesus is, is dealing with this woman who has been in sin. What he's dealing with also is the people of God judging her. And coming down on her when they had sin in their own lives, which in this case was judgment. It was judging another person when that is only God's job. And so God deals with them first and, and, and convicts their hearts and says, he who is without sin, let him be the one to judge. Well, guess the only one was standing there left was Jesus because he was without sin. And even he did not cast a stone. And so he deals with her, and I love Jesus, shares the love of God with her, just like the prodigal son shares the love of God, and that's what causes them to come back again. She became a follower of Jesus simply because he showed the love and the mercy of God. And he says, neither do I judge you, or neither do I condemn you. I'm not going to accuse you. That's God in a nutshell. Thank you, Lord. You know, we want it. Don't we want that mercy, that kind of forgiveness? But yet, we're so quick to judge someone else who's going through something. But if it was you going through that thing, wouldn't you want that mercy? That kind of forgiveness that Jesus showed this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. I mean, it, there was no lying about it. They saw it with their own eyes. And the law said to stone her. But I love the, the wisdom and the knowledge of God here and how Jesus is like, Okay, you can go ahead and judge her. Go ahead, throw the stone as long as there's no sin in your life because otherwise you're next. <laughs> otherwise, you're going to be judged. And they didn't want to be judged. 
So they walked away, dropping the stones and not judging her. So God's teaching us a lesson here. He's teaching us to, to stop trying to point out other people's faults, other people's failures, other people's sin. Because when we do that, really all we should do is turn that finger around. Because this is the only person that we should be talking um, to the Lord about. This is the only person that, that we should be um, judging and and. and you know, judging our intents and making sure that our hearts are pure, making sure the way we're thinking and what we're doing is acceptable to the Lord. Amen? Right. Hallelujah. Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. the word of God says, For the Lord is our judge. He's our lawgiver and our king, and he came to save us all. We don't need to be worried or so concerned, you know, I mean, there's concern, yes, and then you're going to lift up people who are, you know, falling into sin. If your heart is right, you're not praying out of judgment. You're praying sincerely that they would be saved, that they would be delivered, delivered that they would be set free, you know, and we are supposed to do that. But there's a, just a whole different story. You know in your heart if, if what you have in your heart towards them is that they would be judged, you know. And so, um, I don't know, we all have to take care of our own self. We all have to uh, deal with what's going on in our own hearts. And it's not our job to deal with what's going on in other people's hearts. You know, we can pray for one another, pray for those who persecute us, and, and um, pray for our enemies, Jesus said. But really what's going to come down to is you being concerned with how you're living your life for the Lord. Amen? You can't live your life, your spouse's life for the Lord. You can't live your brother's life for the Lord. You can't live your children's life for the Lord, even though you might like to. And you might not like the way they're living their lives. You can see the path that they might be headed down. But the Lord says, stop trying to help your neighbor or even your friend. Or you could say your spouse. Or you could say your son or your daughter, stop trying to take the, the speck out of their eye. Tell them where they've gone wrong and what they're doing wrong. When you got stuff that God needs to deal with in your own life. You might see it, but really it's not your job to judge it. Just pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their deliverance. And allow God to work in your heart. And, you know, repent if you've allowed any judgment into your heart towards others because it's holding you back. The Pharisees, he, he said, he who is without sin. They had sin in their heart. They were so steadfast with keeping the law, but they didn't even recognize because they were so busy trying to take, you know, the speck out of this. It was a big sin, yeah, to the eyes of man. It was wrong, you know, and to the eyes of God as well. But the Lord didn't just see her sin as this big, you know, horrible thing. He saw the judgment as just as horrible. Man, you know, we have a different measuring scale system. <laughs> you know, we look at one thing worse than the other. And, and you know, in one extent, more, some things hurt, hurt more than others. But God's judging the heart of man. Amen. In Hebrews 4.13, the word of God says that each one, each individual, will give an account for their own lives. So I, as much as I want to help my children or my spouse or my brothers or sisters or whoever, your parents, as much as I want to help them get the, the specks out of their eyes or the, the junk out of their lives, that's really not my job. I can live and be an example to them by keeping the logs out of my own eyes. <laughs> by keeping, am I speaking too metaphorically? By keeping the sin out of my own life and walking in love and, and, and walking in forgiveness and walking in mercy and showing the love of God even though they're not in, in uh, you know, living a good Christian life. That's going to minister more than anything else. That's you 
not trying to take the specks out of their eyes and trying to pinpoint and, and poke and prod at what they have wrong in their lives. The word of God says that if we walk in love, it's like pouring hot, heaping coals upon their head. That means God will deal with it. All you have to do is walk in love. God will deal with it, and he'll even use you walking in love to deal with their hearts. Amen? Amen. So I love the love of Jesus. I love how he shows his forgiveness, and he doesn't even accuse her because that means that that's available to you and I. <laughs> that is available to you and I. And we need to realize that each one of us are going to give an account, like Hebrews 4.13 says. Each one of us are going to give an account for our own lives. And so we need to stop being so concerned, even though you are, about your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your spouse. Don't be so concerned with them. Make sure that your heart is right. Make sure that you're living to please God more than any, anything else. That's who you're going to give an account to in the end. On Judgment Day, you're going to hear either, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. You're the one who's going to give the account. Nobody can do that for you, and you can't do it for anybody else. Amen? So we need to do, allow God to do some instruction and rearranging and, and uh, purging of any wrong attitudes or intents or judgments that we have in our hearts towards our brothers or sisters or even people in this world that don't know the Lord. You know, we... We see them as doing these evil things and, and, uh, and, you know, oh, they deserve this or they deserve that. But really, the word of God says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us need the blood of Jesus to cover our sin and to wash away our sin in order for us to be in right standing with God. Every single one of us needed Jesus to die on the cross. See, the difference between us and them is they just don't know yet that they can have their sins washed away, that they can live right by the grace of God. They don't know yet that they're hurting the Lord's heart. Amen? And God needs you to share that with them. Um, Romans, let's turn to Romans 2.16. I just feel like God wants to bring us to new glory, and you guys are doing so good. You're, you're striving to seek the face of God, and you're striving to, to uh, spend time in his presence. I just know uh, by the Spirit of God, you're putting to, to practice the things that have been taught here, and, and you're growing in, in dreams and visions. You're growing in hearing and seeing in the Spirit. But if you want to go further, we're going to have to stop the judgment. If you want to move from glory to glory, you're going to have to stop judging your brother and telling the Lord what they need and how he needs to deal with them. It's our job just to forgive, to love, and pray for those. If they've hurt you or done you wrong, just pray for them and just say, Lord, I just ask you, I just bless them. <laughs> I just ask you to, to deal with them. It's not my job to deal with them or to tell them what's up or tell them how they did wrong. That's your job. Lord, I just forgive them by faith. I release them into your hands, and I just ask you, Lord, that you would just soften their hearts and show them, you know, where, where they're going wrong. Show them their specks or their planks in their eyes, in their lives. Romans uh, 2.16. And this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Scary. <laughs> In other words, take care of your own secret life, you know? He, Jesus, the Lord knows when we stand up. He knows when we sit down. He knows every hair upon your head, every hair that you've lost off your head. He knows it all, okay? So he knows your thoughts. He knows the intents in your heart. He knows your motives behind things. You know, he, know, he knew that some of the Pharisees' lives weren't out of pure love before the Lord, but they got into to the area of works and, and repetitious prayers. And, and, you know, some people are religious. They never miss a Sunday, but then the rest of the week, it's like the Lord doesn't exist. You know, so God knows the heart if, if someone's truly seeking after the Lord or if it's, it's repetition and really they have a whole bunch of stuff in their hearts that they're not willing to change for the Lord. 
God looks at the heart. And so on that day of judgment, we're all going to have this great opportunity. On the day of judgment, we're either going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. And we all know that we want to hear well done. Um, Who doesn't? It says God's going to judge the secrets of our lives. And so really the only one we're responsible for, say, is me. (laughs) It's me. So that means that we need to Stop worrying about other people's lives. Meaning, like, stop judging them. Stop trying to help them live right and, and, and this and that. I know as parents, you can correct and instruct and love, or, you know, and, and, and family members. But don't get over into judgment. Don't get over into getting them into condemnation. That's not your job. God will judge them in the last day, just like you and I. What he wants us to do is to to walk in love and to pray for them. That's what brings a turnaround. We see it with the prodigal son. We see it with with this woman um, that, that was being accused. It turned them around. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful God covers those sins and he washes them away as far as the east is from the west? And to judge somebody is to say, the blood of Jesus covers my sins but not yours? That's really what judgment is. It's like looking down on someone as if the blood of Jesus isn't strong enough to wash away their sins. And it is. So what do you need to do? Don't poke and prod but walk in love and pray for them. Walk in love and and lift them up before the Lord. Invite them to church or invite them to a meal so that you can let your light shine so they can know your Father in heaven, so they too can have the blood of Jesus wash away their sins. Amen? Whoa, when you think about how awesome God is and how amazing he is, uh, how forgiving he is, I, I look at the word of God and I look at the people God used. It's absolutely amazing that God's not leaving us out (laughs) with our failures, our shortcomings. Um, You think about Peter. He was known for his temper. He cuts off a soldier's ear, right? And then he curses and denies Christ. But think about the forgiveness and love and mercy of God that covers his multitude of sins and how powerfully he is used after all that. And he was a believer. All that time that that junk went on. Then you think of Paul. He thought he was killing for the Lord. (laughs) You know, persecuting Christians for the Lord's sake. He thought he was doing this in the Lord's name. And on the road to Damascus, the Lord turned his world upside down with an encounter with Jesus. And what did God do? His blood covered a multitude of sins, and God used him. One of the disciples was told to go minister to him to to remove this blindness from his eyes. And his first response was, but Lord, what was that? Judgment. Lord, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve to to see. He doesn't deserve to be used by you. How many of us would have done that? That would be our response, if you really think about it. Someone who's killed Christians, you want to use them? And the Lord, thank God that the Lord deals with his heart and he's like, nevertheless, you know, not my will, but yours be done. You're the judge. He realized you're the judge and he went and prayed for him. And Paul was mightily used by God. I just think about these people, how awesome and, and powerful the blood of Jesus is and how God's blood will wash away sin as far as the east is from the west and he can change a person and turn their world upside down and use them for the glory of God. Amen? That's what a testimony is. Amen? 
Each one of us need the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins. Each one of us have had probably many opportunities to try to pull the specks out of somebody's eye, to point out their problems, their issues, or to talk about them with other people. All of that is judgment. Gossip is judgment. And the Lord wants us to to be used by him, and he wants us to grow and go with him. But a huge no-no, a huge hindrance to the body of Christ being used by God is judging one another. If you want to be used by God, we need to walk in love. Walk in the forgiveness and mercy of God just the way Jesus walked in love, forgiveness, and mercy. With Peter, with Paul, with this woman who committed adultery. Walk in the love and the forgiveness of God. Hallelujah. It's so awesome. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, here's another another situation. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height or his stature, for I have rejected him. In other words, so he's supposed to anoint, anoint the next king. And some people look like they have it all together. I mean, they might be wearing the nice clothes. They might be coming to church regularly. They might, you know, seem to be living a good Christian life. But God sees the heart of the matter. God sees the secret things which he's going to judge on the last day. And in this situation, he's about to anoint the next king. And and Samuel had an idea who the next king should be according to the stature. And the Lord's like, no, for I have rejected him. Why? Let's read on. It says, I have rejected him. It says, man looks or people judge on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord is looking for purity. The Lord is looking, and and we know David messes up later in life. But the Lord is looking for a heart that longs to seek his face, that longs to serve him, and that is is correctable and moldable. Not someone so set in their ways that they're not willing to change for the Lord. I mean, Paul, is it's amazing the transformation that took place. The Lord once showed me that Paul was like a, a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. Okay, and, and we're all subject to change like that by the power of Jesus Christ. Paul, even though he was so dead set, think about his heart here. He was so dead set on that he was doing things in the name of the Lord and killing Christians in the name of the Lord. And, and so he was zealous in a way for the Lord. But when on the road to Damascus he encounters Jesus and he realizes he's been doing things the wrong way, he was willing to do a 180 and change everything about how he was doing things. Who would do that? Completely change their thinking. Somebody whose heart was moldable. Because if his heart was was stone and not moldable, God couldn't have used them. But God didn't look at the outward appearance. He didn't even look at what he he had done. He didn't look at his shortcomings. He looked at the heart. And that's why he did the same thing for, um, for the prodigal son. He did the same thing for the woman who committed adultery. Their hearts, even though they had fallen On the outward appearance, their hearts longed for the Lord, to live for the Lord. Everything isn't as it seems. And the Lord says, man, just like Samuel here, he's a prophet of God. And he's judging from the outward appearance who is worthy of being king. And the Lord's like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not how I do things. I look at the heart, and that's how they're found worthy. So really, (laughs) it just really deals with you if you want to be used by God 
how maybe you've been looking at your brother or sister who've been falling or bound by sin in the Lord. Or dealing with your neighbor or coworkers or even you know, enemies in this world. They're not going to come to know Jesus by you judging them. They're going to know Jesus by what? Your love. It's the opposite of judgment. For God so loved, it doesn't say for God so judged the world. Remember, Jesus did tell her, go and sin no more. So this message is not a license to live, however. God wants us to live pure and holy lives. Be holy as I am holy. But he does not accept and consider it an acceptable thing for us to judge one another. Because that is his job. That's plain God. And that is not our job. That will hold you back more than anything else from being used by God. God wants to use you so much, and he wants to bring us from glory to glory in our walks with him, and this is something that he needs to deal with in the heart of man. Stop pointing out other people's faults. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Commit them to the Lord. Pray for them. Love them. Walk in love. Walk in mercy and forgiveness towards them, and then just turn that finger around and say, Lord, search my heart. Make me clean. That's why God called David the man after God's own heart because his prayer wasn't, Lord, create in them a clean heart and renew in them a right spirit. That would be judgment. No, it was, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me, Lord, a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Because judgment would cast you away. God wants us to be able to be holy as he is holy, come into his throne room of mercy, grace, and forgiveness without spot or blemish. But when we don't realize, we think that we're being holy, and really that's just like the Pharisees were doing. Really, that's all it is, is you become a hypocrite, a Pharisee, when you start pointing out other people's problems. Don't concern yourself with them. Pray for them if you love them, you know, but don't judge them. Don't cast them out of your presence because they're walking in sin. Love them. Be merciful to them. Show them the love of God. Because the same measure you use on them is going to be used on you. And I don't know if you want God to reject you because you've failed. Don't reject somebody else. Because they failed. The same measuring stick, he says, is going to be used on you that was used on somebody else. I don't want that. I don't know about you. Romans 5.8, he says, God showed his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't those who were perfect Christ died for. Those who were sinners all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all needed Jesus. Even when we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us and not just for us. For the ones that you do see that may be falling or lost or dying in a multitude of sins, it might be the truth. But Jesus died for them just as much as he died for you. So pray for them. Amen? Pray for them that they're made right in his sight. Pray for them for the blood of Jesus to cover them. Amen? Romans 3.23 is all have sinned and fall in short of the glory of God. I love that Jesus didn't accuse her, even though she was guilty. He just gives her another chance, and that's the mercy of God. Go and sin no more. She became a steadfast follower of Jesus Christ because of the love and mercy that God showed her. And that shows us that's how far love and mercy and forgiveness will go in our relationships that we have with people. Amen? If you want another chance with God when you fall, give someone else another chance if they've fallen, if they've messed up. Of course, it probably them 
right? Not you that did wrong. Another opportunity to show the love of God. Another opportunity to show the mercy and forgiveness of God. If that's what you would want from the Lord, then that's what we should be doing. He says, do unto others as you would have done unto you. We know the scripture, but when it comes down to it, if someone's hurt us or done us wrong, what we want to do is judge them for it. They should pay, you know. They, they should never hear my voice again. <laughs> They're never allowed to see me again or my family again. I, I had a little hard time, and I know God's going to do something miraculous in your hearts today, but I had, I'm just going to be honest, I had a little hard time. I, I wasn't seeing what he wanted me to teach this week. And when it came to me, I'm telling you, it came to me last night at midnight. Well, it's been a busy week. We were moving, but still. I got in the presence of God, and I just had to relax, and I was just, it just plopped in my spirit. And then all of a sudden, when it plopped in my spirit, I saw he was telling me like 10 times this week, but I didn't get it. I, I heard all these conversations and all this, but when he dropped it in my spirit, I was like, oh, you're telling me all week long. All these conversations of people judging one another just came back flooding to me of people presenting to me that this person did this and this person did that and, and whatever. And I always, I learned from my dad, I always don't initially just, oh, really, take it as truth. It, does, it doesn't really matter to me if it's truth or not. Truth is, is that everybody needs the love of Jesus and the blood of Jesus to wash away their sin. So, I mean, you can come to me and, and present to me your issues and your problems, but my response is probably going to be not what you want it to be. I'm not going to side with anybody because every single one of us needs the blood of Jesus to wash away our sin. But anyways, I had all this stuff come flooding into my, to my remembrance that took place this week, and I was like, you were telling me all week. I'm sorry. I was so busy. Um, and, you know, we're all guilty of that, but... God, I, I prayed today, Lord, bring us from glory to glory. And really, if you will judge yourself, you will not be judged, and you'll be able to be moved and used from glory to glory. This may be the very thing. You might be pressing into God, spending time in his presence, reading his word, fasting, praying, doing everything. The Pharisees were doing everything too, hey. They were sticking to it. God looks at the heart. It might be the very thing holding you back. Don't judge others. Judge yourself. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm off. You know that it can heal a relationship? Talking to the Lord about yourself. Where have I gone wrong? How can I walk in love? How can I walk in forgiveness or mercy? Amen. Hallelujah. So he, he, the Lord does despise sin, but it's not our job to play God. It's not our job to judge one another. Um, that's his job. Amen? Lamentations 3.23, and we love this scripture, and we love claiming it for ourselves, but we need to realize it's true for the others, too. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I'm so thankful that he didn't just give us ten times <laughs> to confess our sin and then he would forgive those sins. That his mercies are never ending. His forgiveness and his faithfulness you know, is till the end. The word of God says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I believe that there's plenty of people, not that he wants you to live your life like this, but there's a lot of people, just to give you guys some hope, if there's ever been a seed of hearing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, and if they'll call upon the name of the Lord, they would be saved. On people's deathbed, there's so many people who even being dragged into hell can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved in those very moments. That's how never-ending the mercy and love of God goes. There's so many testimonies of people being dragged to hell, and God just reaches out because they call on him. And God forgives them. That's how powerful 
the blood of Jesus is. So to judge somebody else, the Lord's showing me, is for you to say the blood is strong enough for me, but not for you. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. And if you don't want to be a Pharisee, or if you don't want that short of a stick to be used to measure the sin in your life, then don't do it to others. Just strive to walk in love and walk in forgiveness and mercy. And God will bless you with mercy and bless you with forgiveness. His blood will cover your multitude of sins. So we're to live life not worrying about how other people are living. We can pray for them. We can pray for those who persecute us. We can pray for our enemies in this world. If we see them, oh, man, there are some sinful things going on in this world, okay? But it's just our job to pray for them, not judge them to hell, because God doesn't wish that any would perish, but that all of them, no matter how bad they're sinning, that they would all come to repentance. We hear so many testimonies of people in prison getting saved. And they're, you know, my husband was a prison uh, guard for a while in North Carolina. And so many people in prison get saved. And they lived horrible lives. But we see the Lord did it for Paul. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is able to use them, even if they have to stay behind bars, he's able to use them to be a light within the prison. His mercies never end. God wants every single human being on the face of this earth, no matter what they've done, gone through, he wants them to be saved. He wants his blood to cover their sin. The word of God, and, and if you're sitting in here today and you're like, you, you feel like you're too far gone, you feel like um, you're Jonah, and you're, you're the one causing the problems because of your sin in your life. That's what Jonah was. He was like, his sin in his life was causing the ship problems. <laughs> and you feel like jumping ship, why should I even live for the Lord because I'm causing this ruckus or whatever. You're about to jump ship. The word of God says, if you'll confess your sin, I will be faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will wash it away and remember it no more as far as the east is from the west. That's how faithful and awesome the God we serve is. Aren't you thankful? Amen. 1 John 1, 9, he says it. Confess your sin, and I will be faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, 31, just a reminder. If we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Amen? If I can get some keys or something. Um, if we will judge ourselves, in other words, go before the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. You know, we're here because we, I believe most of us want to be in the presence of God. We want to live in the presence of God. We want to be used by God. Then we're just going to have to, if we want to go further with him, we're going to have to let him shed some light on those dark places in our own lives. And let him deal with us. Like I said, Paul was, he said, I was the worst of sinners. He confessed it. But something in Paul's heart was willing to do a total turnaround. And you don't always think about that. He was the worst of sinners, but God saw his heart and saw that he was usable. That means you're usable. That means God can use you even with the logs or specks or shortcomings or failures that you've had in your life. Thank you, Jesus. His blood covers a multitude of sins. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Your word is true. And you said if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged, Lord. We do not want to be judged, Lord. We, don't, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, on that day. 
when we stand before you, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be cast away, Lord, in our sin. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your own salvation. That means you're only responsible for you. In the presence of Jesus, it was easy for them to live for the Lord. Because he was, they were seeing him watch their behaviors. But now even so much more, he says, that he's not here in flesh. Continue to do things as unto the Lord and not unto men. Continue to work and live life to please the Lord. Because what you're doing is you're working out your own salvation. You're, you're judging yourself so that on that day of judgment, you will not be judged for those things. Let's bow our heads. God wants to bring us from glory to glory. And and what that means is wherever you are at with the Lord, maybe you've known the Lord for years, but today God's shedding some light on an area that you weren't even aware of this sin in your life, of judging somebody maybe who's actually hurt you or done you wrong or uh, maybe judging you know people in the world or, or, or people in your your family or people at your jobs or even maybe your own spouse your own children today let's let's walk in love let's ask God for forgiveness for judgment Let's point that finger around to ourselves and ask the Lord to create in us a clean heart, renew in us a right spirit. Ask the Lord to cleanse us from every form of judgment or unrighteousness so that we can be moved from this place in the Lord to another place, further with him, higher with him. And then there's another, you know, maybe you're here today and you've heard about what Jesus did on the cross. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday just a couple weeks ago. And you know that Jesus died and rose again from the dead for you. But you didn't realize that without asking him to come into your heart and life, without accepting, not just it's not enough just to know about it, without accepting what he did for you on the cross, His blood won't wash away your sin until you receive it. And so today, God wants to bring you from one glory to another in the sense that you you know about him, but now you want to make it personal. You want to receive the blood of Jesus and what he did for you. You want him to wash away your sin so that when you stand before the Lord, you can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Today, what we're going to do is we're just going to ask God to judge our hearts. Search our hearts. Show us if we've judged. Show us if if we don't have that relationship yet with him. And we're going to invite him to come in and move us from glory to glory in our walk with him. Just repeat this prayer after me for those of you um, who are just coming into relationship with the Lord today. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I'd be lost without what you did for me upon the cross. Today, Jesus, I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you personally. Today, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. I receive what you did for me on the cross I ask you for your forgiveness I ask you to wash away my sins by the blood of Jesus I make you the Lord of my life cleanse me I thank you today I'm a new person 
in Christ Jesus, just like you changed Saul to Paul, you're changing me. Hallelujah. Now for all of us, Lord, I just ask you right now, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I long to grow in my relationship with you. I invite you, search my heart. If there be any hindrance, any form of judgment, unforgiveness, grudges, anything that holds me back from living in your presence, I invite you to shed light on it. I invite you to purge me of it. Lord, I repent from any judgments I've made towards my brother or sister in the Lord, towards my family, neighbors, co-workers, even enemies. Lord, I repent from trying to pull a speck out of my brother's eye when I had this log in my own eye. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, right now that your blood is covering a multitude of sins, Lord. Father, I thank you right now that the glory and the presence of God is shedding light on this area, Lord, so that we don't have to walk in darkness or bondage of judgment any longer, Lord. Lord, that we're going to be able to have liberty, Lord, to walk in love and walk in forgiveness and walk in the mercy of God, Lord, from this point forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command every spirit of judgment and condemnation to flee from this place in Jesus' name. I just break the power of that over people's minds, over people's hearts. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts and our minds. Lord, Lord, that we would love others as you have loved us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.